0: She keeps an eye on us make sure we're behaving Monday through Saturday. Um, Hey, uh, welcome to Highlight Church, uh, even to all of our first-time, second-time, third-time guests. Um, Never just, never going to stop the list there. First-time, second-time, third-time guests. Thank you for coming on out. Uh, Let's give them uh, honor for being here with us. We're excited you're here. Um, Yeah, uh, holiday weekend, New Year's Eve today. Bringing it in the right way uh, by coming to church and honoring the presence of God. Uh, hey, before we get into the Word of God, in which I believe it's going to be good, I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. Um, we've gotten out of uh, the end of the year holiday flow, uh, Christmas. How was Christmas last Sunday? Was was that pretty good? Yeah. Yep gonna try to try to do it better next year man we're always trying to try to outdo ourselves every year but God is good and uh, three people gave their hearts to Christ and that's what it's all about it's all about salvations and change lives um, anyone want to know so two weeks ago we took what was called the gift of generosity offering um, this was an offering where we went above and beyond our normal giving and uh, I mean you know, we, we took half of the month of November all the way through the, the weekend right before Christmas, and we taught about the tithe and offering, and uh, we, we talked about more than the tithe and offering. We actually taught about the principles of giving and how generosity, uh, Proverbs says that the, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. So we taught that from a few different angles. And uh, we gave our offering on December 17th. It was definitely an offering of faith, um, being the week before Christmas. Um, I just want to say, church uh, Church of, well, this is an interesting weekend, but a church of 150, you're 14 months old. um, Your response to uh, that weekend uh, was incredible. Um, Churches our size don't give the way that you all give, gave in one weekend um, at the the age we are. We're 14 months old, and um, I just want to honor you for your faith, and I am still praying along with you. Whatever your word or your sentence or your prayer was for 2018, I want to agree with you on that and just believe that God is going to move in that this year in your life. So I want to go ahead and share uh, the amount. I do want to say this before I say the amount uh, on that one Sunday, that one Sunday alone, you gave more than any month together throughout the year, um, except October. I'm sorry. So the rest were the, the 11 months um, you outgave in one Sunday. So the capacity is here. But uh, is the obedience there is the question. And I'm glad we're getting out as a young church because we're going to be doing an offering a series every november every december so just get ready for it next year as well um but i just want to let you know that on december seventeenth, two 2018 you gave third i'm sorry two- i'm sorry 2017 yeah good you gave thirteen thousand sixty five dollars and 88 cents come on we can do better than that and um I mean, so October the entire month, um, the, the general offering and tithe was 14 and change. Uh, this month in December is about 24000 in your offering because the first Sunday of, of, of December, you gave about $6,000. So um, with that, you know, it's, it, and so we preached that entire series, The Genius of Generosity, that uh, we were going to be changing lives with that money. And we did. We were able to adopt 17 families um, in, this, in this Gaithersburg area. We're gonna do more than that for Christmas, two within our church. Um, the Bible says that judgment starts in the house of God. So that word there means discernment b- begins in the house of God. So before we can take care of uh, people that don't go to our church, we should scan the environment to see who, who needs some help within our church. So two families in our church, 15 outside of the church, And uh, over 60, not well, 70 kids that you all adopted this Christmas, and they had a Christmas, and they encountered the love of Jesus simply for your giving, because of your giving. And uh, this December, we gave our 10%. We gave over $2,500 towards uh, those children, those families, those parents who otherwise wouldn't have a Christmas or think that God loved them or cared about their struggles. So praise God. Give yourselves another hand clap for that. 10% of every dollar we bring in goes to outreach or outreach events, our local outreach partners, uh, mainly uh, family services right now. Uh, We are in talks with Gaithersburg help. I mean, the needs in this area are huge. And um, we've given, uh, to date, over $15,000 this year to outreach and outreach events. Next year, I believe we're going to double, if not triple that, Um, as we trust and obey God with our finances so thank you all so much hey uh, you know let's get into the message Um, that was exciting I have a message entitled and it wasn't Charles fault he said stick it out he asked me before he got on stage I said yeah the message is entitled stick it out it's actually entitled stick to it so that was my bad I got a message today I want to bring to you entitled stick to it stick to it Chris let me see the creative on that that's pretty cool all right because I didn't see it, so I couldn't, couldn't approve it. Um, so we're going we're gonna to build on this, uh, this premise that God wants you to be fruitful in 2018. He wants you to, to be successful. Um, God is known for many different things, but one thing he's known for in the scripture is a father. And uh, I'm a father of two. And uh, there's nothing... Better I want for my children than for them to grow up and be prosperous and fruitful, for them to live in abundance. Um, there's nothing I want more for them to be, than for them to be effective in their lives, not to just kind of live for 70, 80 years. Um, I think Diana posted an amazing post. I'm going to paraphrase it because I forget the exact words on Instagram. Not to just live for 70 or 80 years, doing the same old, same old, same old, and dying and saying, well, I lived a life. But, but I want my kids to be fruitful, to be world changers, to be effective, to, 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 to rock the foundations of the earth for the glory of God. Um, and so fruitfulness, which is a, is a product of, of a process, um, has a lot to do with, well, has everything to do with your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so a lot of people I've known because I've walked with Jesus for 11 years, I'm 30 years old now. A lot of friends in college started out walking strong with Jesus, and then year one, year two, year three, they drop off, and they shoot right back into their old ways, and now today they're, they're on Facebook. Man, man, God is doing amazing things through your life. You gotta, You have a beautiful family, and no kudos to me, but they're seeing the fruit of being faithful and sticking to it, a relationship, not a religion, not coming to church on Sunday, not having to read my Bible because I have to, but a relationship with a man that died for me, that loves me, that has a plan for my life, they're seeing the fruit of that now, and they're wishing they would have stayed the course. You know, so what I want to encourage you to do in 2018 is to stick to it. And today we're going to dive into the book of Psalms. Psalms, the book of Psalms, uh, the word Psalms means praises. Uh, Many different authors in this book. This book is actually the longest book in the scripture. Um, The main author of most of the Psalms is King David. He's my favorite character in the Bible uh, outside of Jesus Christ. King David, 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. When you get a chance, check him out. He is just like you, I guarantee it. Uh, We're going to do a series soon called Just Like Us, where all your heroes in the Bible you come to find out they're just like you. But because of amazing faith and obedience, God used them in phenomenal ways. And so we have war and, and drama and God's redemptive power and his love all throughout the book of Psalms. We also have wisdom and instruction. And so uh, I was reading and, and I came upon, upon Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. And we're going to start it out here, verse 1. Oh, the joys... That, that phrase there means blessed. It can also be translated as happy. Anyone want to be happy in 2018? Yeah. OK, we got about four people. Great. Come on now. About to move this church to DC, y'all. Gaithersburg is too, too late back. It's too sleep. Just I don't know what's up with Gaithersburg. Anyone want to be happy? Yeah. All right. Good. Good. Goodness gracious. <laughs> got the word of God and all the joys oh yeah you know I'd be celebrating already just oh yeah I want to be happy is anyone leaned in are you ready to take a note do you got your phone out ready for a word of God what's going on up in here all right all right here it is Oh the joys of those who do not follow the the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers okay David started out kind of kind of hard there. Oh the joys how happy are those look at the look at the trajectory of that. Those who don't follow the advice then stand in the path and then before you know it you the, the original translation is sitting with mockers. And in, in ancient Israel sitting meant intimacy. It meant you had a certain proximity in my life and we just sat and we talked about nonsense and we planned nonsense nothing that was going to bring us happiness we thought it was going to bring us happiness but it didn't and so right now um about a month and a half ago megan moved out of our basement she's our administrator and also our cousin megan and chris just got married in november praise god and um she moved out of our basement and over the past three weeks Kyra and i have changed that into the play area for our children—it's um, currently outfitted with a couch and a flat-screen TV and a Lego station and all these different things from IKEA that um, I didn't really approve. But um, they have a blast in the basement. I, I mean, it's about uh, about a quarter of the stage, but it's it's where they can it's 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 where they can do their thing. The first thing I want to talk about tonight, and this is just a a word of principle, so this isn't a story, so I need you to stick with me. There are three things that God just laid on my heart today. I said tonight, I'm sorry, this morning, um, are setting healthy boundaries. The first word for 2018, if you're going to stick to it, if you're going to be prosperous and fruitful, you got to stick to boundaries. You got that word there, EJ, boundaries. The first word there is boundaries. And so they have boundaries in the basement. And the main floor upstairs is cut off. Can't have any fun up there. You're going to get in trouble. My office is cut off. Our bedroom is cut off. Even their room is cut off. They have only the basement to paint, to play, and they spend hours down there to the point where we have to set time limits. Okay, from 10 a.m. to noon, you can play in the basement. Then from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., you can play in the basement. And they don't complain about it. They see their boundary, and they get creative in it. They paint, and they color, and they play, and they play basketball, and they play football. They can't eat down there. That is a boundary, because a lot of times we see boundaries as things that if we step outside of our rules, as things that hold us back. When we don't understand that in God's word, God gives us boundaries, and if we would exploit those boundaries, if we would be, become creative within those boundaries, if we would see the blessing in actually having boundaries, we actually come to understand that God's rules and His boundaries are to protect us from certain pangs. So when the Bible says "flee sexual immorality," is to protect us from from dealing with what comes with sexual immorality. When the Bible says to uh, not be drunk with alcohol, but to be drunk with the Holy Spirit is to protect us from the pangs and the future result or the fruit of, of delving into alcohol because God, God knows the, the end from the beginning. You do know He's Alpha and Omega, He is the beginning and the end. And so we, we got into this conversation with our um, nine year old about multiverses. He was watching Doctor Strange. And I said, do you really think multiverses exist? I asked him, I said, well, what is a universe? This isn't even in my notes, I need to behave today because I have a lot of notes, so. I said, do you think, what is a universe? He said, well, a universe is like, like everything exists within the universe. I said, so how do multiverses exist? If everything is within a universe. He said, "Well, there are portable, there are portals. This is a universe. This is a universe. There's a portal that can take you to another universe." I said, "Well, these are the portal. These are the universes. This is the portal. What's outside of those multiverses?" And I, I just made him think. Like I kind of got him, kind of messed up there a little bit because <laughs> he said, "Huh, oh, that doesn't make sense, does it?" I said, I'm, "I just." as far as i know like there are three heavens that the bible teaches about so the first heaven is the, the blue skies that you see the second heaven is the universe the third heaven is where paul refers to in first corinthians is where god exists that's the celestial heaven and so um god knows the end from the beginning so therefore he gives us boundaries and what king david had come to understand is that Uh, Those who follow the advice of the wicked, those who stand with sinners, and those who join in with mockers, they won't be happy. And so I've come to set a few uh, titles on the groups of people that that I fellowship with or communicate with, even in any given season. You can be my mom, and I love my mom to death, but she can fall into one of these categories. Because the Bible says, guard your heart. For out of it flows the issues of life. Whatever comes into your heart is what you live out. And so I want to give you three categories of people. So if you're taking notes, number one, I categorize people as, number one, drainers. Drainers. Drainers are those who, um, they're always complaining. They're always worrisome. Never grateful. You're going to work today? Oh, yeah, just another, another shift. But you wasn't. Then before you get a job, you was praying for it. Yeah. Hmm. How you doing today? Oh, you know, on hot water heater broken, got a flat tire in my car, and no food in the fridge. They're drainers, and we all can be guilty of it. I'm, I'm there sometimes. Drainers drainers. They just drain you and you're around them and you are say, man, I just got a great word. I went to Highlight Church and man, I'm filled up and then you go to dinner with auntie and here she go with the same old just drain you. The other category there, my man Andy's cracking up. The other category there is um, the neutralizers. They are more dangerous than the drainers. These are the people who they're 30 and they're still laughing about the same jokes talking about the same things going out every Friday and Saturday on the same job they're not trying to go to school they're not trying to change anything they' they're sex they're, they're, they're sexing around they're drinking around they're any, any given category. It doesn't have to be a mixture of any of these, but they're doing this. They're 30 years old. They're 25, and they're, they're doing the same thing that they've been doing since they were 16. And not only that, they want to pull you into it. They're neutralizers. So drainers push you back. Neutralizers want to keep you where you are. 2014. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to go to school eventually. Okay, 2015, you No, I'm, I'm going to apply eventually. 2016, you know, I'm going to apply eventually. 2017, man, you 45 years old. You still want to be a doctor? It's been 20 years. They neutralize you. They, they keep you where you are. And, and, and I love it because 1 Corinthians 15, says this. Paul tells the Corinthian church, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. That's what the psalmist is saying. So, like, we we can spend, so the boundary is is this. In 2018, if you're going to be fruitful, hear my heart, if you call Highlight Church your home as your pastor, you're going to have to learn how to love people at arm's length. And you have to, in a loving way, categorize them So you know how to interact with them. Not I don't love you. We can't catch a movie or lunch or dinner from time to time. But I can't spend eight hours out of my day after I get off of work with you because we're not going anywhere. So the Bible says don't be misled. It's not just that you're hanging around these people. It's that if you don't change them, they are subconsciously changing you. It says, don't be misled, for bad company corrupts good character. It's a poison. It it spreads like the flu. Got to set boundaries. Like, even for certain people I love, I love the most in this world. I, I can only call them once or twice a week because I'm, I'm up in faith and I'm going somewhere and people are passive and they want to do the same thing and they want to talk about the same stuff. They want to complain about the same stuff. They don't want to take any leaps of faith. They, they, don't, they don't want to take any risks. They don't want to step out. And I'm, I'm constantly on the go. I'm constantly on the move. So if you don't hear from me a lot, it's because I'm on the go. And you may have just fallen into one of those categories. We got things to do. We have a life to live. We have a God to serve. You have a calling to fulfill. And so you need to learn how to categorize people for where they are. But I love this third group. They're the encouragers. The encouragers, man. These are the people who man, they're they're moving forward and you want like you want to be like them. They 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 speak into your life. They challenge you. They, they love you, but they love you in the right way. They'll tell. They'll get up in your face about the things you aren't doing that you should be doing because they love you enough to tell you what you need to be doing. They're mastering their calendars. They're getting on a budget they, because they want financial margin. In a few years, they, they're working on getting out of debt. They're living for legacy. They want to leave their kids and their kids' kids, something behind. These people are on a schedule. They show up to work on time. They're grinding. They're in school. So what you doing? Well, I just finished my master's. What's the next thing? Well, I just got hired at this big firm, and I'm going to go ahead and get my Ph.D. as well. Whoa. When do you ever stop? I don't stop. I'm 35 years old. I got 80, 70 more years to go. I don't, you know, I don't stop. These are the people that you see, and it's like, ah, wherever you go, I go. You go, where are you going? These are the people. You got to learn how to categorize drainers, neutralizers, encouragers. Get mentors in your life. And, and, and go to the mentors and say, hey, I don't just want you to tell me the good stuff. Tell me the areas of my life that you need me, that you see that I need to change in. Our creative director, Chris, he asked me at least once a month, where do I need to change? What do I need to do to get better? And as a leader, as his pastor, not much of it has changed. Because mentors will always work on a few things at a time. I I need you to change this. Because you got the potential, you have the raw material, but it's your attitude. It's your mouth. It's your time. It Encouragers, they get you to, because ultimately the fruit of it, the fruit of it in 2018 will lead to your fulfillment, your joy, and your happiness. And so um, if I'm going to be surrounded by the blessing of God in 2018, I want to surround myself with people who are pushing me towards everything God has for me in this year. Boundaries, boundaries. Watch, watch your boundaries. Um, Psalm 1 verse 2 says this, but they delight And the law of the Lord, that word law is not a list of rules. The word law there is the Bible in its entirety. So they take pleasure in in taking time out of their week to read the Bible. They take pleasure in it. Like, you know, I got to read my Bible. And it can't be a verse a day. I got to read a chapter. And it says they delight in it, meditating on it day and night. Judah, uh, about two months ago, he started something that was rather interesting. And uh, he would be eating his food, chew it, and just blah, spit out a bolus of just glob, like a chicken nugget, tot, ketchup, just bowl, blah. And I'm sitting across the table, like, what are you doing, man? Do you not understand that I did the hard work of going into the kitchen, turning on the bake sign, pressing the temperature, pressing start for 25 minutes, going to practice my sermon in the mirror and bringing it out and fixing your plate? All that hard work, I just did. I just let you in a little bit too much. But anyway, and he just globs out a bolus of glob. And, um, he didn't digest it. He didn't ingest it. So therefore, he can't digest the nutrients. I love this because he took pleasure in it. But he didn't meditate on it. The word meditate in the Hebrew means to murmur or to ponder. To mur- I love this when I was studying it because it brought me back to My first three years in Christ. There's something about your first three years in Jesus. The number three is a number of completion where you should be really grounded in the word of God like no other. I don't understand. people. I just gave my heart to Christ. Have you read your Bible? No. Well, what happened on that Sunday when you raised your hand? There's something about the first three years. And if you kind of miss those three years, you can hit the reset button today. I remember, man, uh, uh, college, I was pre-med, so I had a lot of work, biochem, uh, uh, biomolecular, uh, 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 all this stuff, all this work. And but by 10 pm it was me. and I call her Big, Bet- Big Betsy. It was a big old black Bible at home, King James, I'm loose today, so I really, like I said, I don't have a narrative. These are just principles. Big Betsy's at home. She's a King James Bible my mom gave to me two months after I gave my life to Jesus uh, back in 2006 for Christmas. That's the only thing I got that and some socks. And so yeah. I took Big Betsy back to Tallahassee in January, in January. And I, I love Big Betsy because she was a study Bible. And this was really before Facebook and Instagram kicked off, so I wasn't wasting my time on that stupid stuff. But at any rate, um, so I, from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m., dude, just about five or six days a week, me and God. I'm not going to give you my heart and my soul and not know you. I need to get to know you. I just cried Leaving the English building in October when I gave my heart to you. You did something in my heart. Cried like a baby all the way to the car when I gave my life to Jesus. Just, Kevin, I just did it. He's like, yeah, man, you did it. I don't know what's wrong. Man. And so I came back a few months later. Oh, I got to get to know this dude. Because John 1 says that he is the word of God in the flesh. So every time I hold the Bible, I hold Jesus. I got to get to know Jesus. So from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m., I'm up five, six days a week, dude. Even if I had a 7 a.m. class, I needed to know God. I needed to know Jesus. I needed to know this person that created me, that saved my soul, that set me free. I needed to know him. And so what would I do? I would I would study, so this is how I did it. And this is for a lot of y'all who want to be in ministry in the future. I don't know how y'all are going to make it. If y'all don't start doing this junk right now, you will not be ordained. You will not be lifted up at Highlight Church if you don't do this now. You have to do it now, and you have to get into the word by yourself. No one can do it for you. So anyway, I was kind of talking to my leaders there. I'm also talking to everyone else. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just kind of in this zone. So anyway, this is what I did. The word meditate. and And it's not just for ministers. It's for you as well. So this is the thing. 10 a.m., 10 p.m. to 1 a.m., I don't encourage this at all, because you may not have time. I would read the Bible. I would read it again. I would write out verse for verse. Most people read it, and then they write what they think. I wrote out the verse. Then I wrote what what I thought. It meant my interpretation, because every time, every time I came to the Bible, I would pray, sit sit in my seat. I'll say, God, give me what you will have me to understand in this hour, which would be three hours, because the Bible is described as the manifold wisdom of God means that every time you read it, no matter how many times you read it, the spirit of God peels new things back. These are what you call revelations. He peels new revelations back and it's like, man, I just read the book of John six months ago. I'm reading it again and this is something new and it applies to my life and I can walk it out and I can trust God and wow, he's going to move in it because it's the manifold, it's stratified, it's layered. You will never stop discovering who God is. And so I, I murmured, I don't know, But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They delight. mm, So my elementary stage, I delighted in the word of God. The first time I read this verse, it would have been day and night. Wow, times of day. The second or third time, once I kind of got some footing in my faith and I was starting to kind of break down the words, I come to understand that day and night is more than just day and night. There's always something. Day represents the good times. Night represents when things aren't going so good. So when hell is bust wide open in your life, the person that will be blessed, the person that will be happy, still delights in the, in the word of the Lord and still takes pleasure in it and still meditates on it, whether life is good or whether life is bad. You see that revelation? You see how we just peeled back about two or three different revelations? So in 2018, you're going to have to focus on the word of God. This is my second word. Sorry, is getting lost in the sermon. Focus on the word of God. Focus. I get it. You know, we're busy. We're moving at a million miles per hour. But I just, I want to tell you in 2018 on the Bible app that one verse a day is not going to get it. Reading your Bible for five minutes is not going to get it for you. Um, reading the Bible or seeing a verse online that someone posted and then scrolling up a half inch and seeing a philosophical verse by Socrates that your crazy friend put or a verse from Will Smith or Barack Obama. You've just now deduced the word of God wow. to the word of man. Wow. And you didn't even focus on that verse that your friend posted. Wow. Because we're we're such a I got to get encouraged. I got to get encouraged. I need something new. I need something new. I need something new. When the Bible speaks directly against that, and it says to murmur and to ponder. To murmur and to ponder. So now the question becomes, is the Bible the word of God? Let's think about this. Is the Bible the word of God? Well, let's see. Um, Written Over the course of 2,000 years, 40 different authors, three different continents, three different languages. 2,000 years, 40 different men, three continents, three languages, no errors, no contradictions, no fallibility. Or, yeah, no fallibility. It's infallible. Only the hand of God can orchestrate that. Majority of these men did not know each other, so therefore they did not talk about, well, I'm going to put this in my book. Isaiah and Ezekiel didn't say, well, I'm going to put this and I'm going to put this. They they were in different regions. Even if they lived in the same timing, only the Spirit of God, as they were inspired, could have done that. So if the Bible, someone's not focused, focus. So if the Bible is the Word of God, it is worthy of my focus in 2018. This is why, because what we focus, we magnify. What we focus on, we magnify. You focus on your problems, guess what happens to those suckers? They get bigger. I wish I had a magnifying glass in here. You focus on your struggles, they get bigger. You focus on a timetable that, that God didn't fulfill an expectation in, it gets bigger, it gets longer. But when you focus on the word of God, it gets bigger and it becomes a reality in your life. Joshua 21, 45 is one of my life verses, plus my name is there. (laughs) It says, not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. That word promises there is utterance, speech, word. Not a single word was unfulfilled. Everything the Lord speaks came true. So in 2018, God is saying, if you're going to be fruitful, your primary, and for some of you, your only focus needs to be the word of God. If I'm going to be happy, if I'm going to be effective, if I'm going to be fruitful, if I'm going to be fulfilled, I have to found my life on the word of God. Not a philosopher, not a professor, not a rapper, not, a, not an entertainer. It has to be Jesus, and it has to be the word of God. It has to be, because nothing in this Bible fails. None. Psalm 1, verse 3, and I'm out of here. Y'all okay? It says this. It says that. If you're going to be happy and you're going to stick to it. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Do you want to prosper in all that you do? So I took an undergrad course Uh, in college. It was botany. And if y'all know yeah what if y'all know what botany is botany is this pretty much simplified the study of plants that's it i don't know why i took it i, I think i took it to get an extra science credit or something an extremely boring class <laughs> <laughs> but i admired the passion by which my professor taught it and uh that's what drew my interest and so um in particular, I began to appreciate, because around that time, I was in my third or fourth year of walking with Jesus. And I was, I was able to make some, some connections between uh, fruit-bearing plants and the blessedness of human beings as it concerns their relationship with Jesus. There's a lot of similarity there. One thing I really more specifically enjoyed was him teaching on the root system. The roots, you know the roots. It's the organic branches that you can't see. It's the roots. It's what you can't see. It's, it's, when, you know, it's when you've cut off the Facebook and you shut down the laptop and you're in your office. You're still 30 years old. You're still reading the word of God. Yeah, yeah. It's, what, it's what people don't see. They, they see the stage. They see the microphone. But they don't see the, 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 the root system. They don't see what you're grounded in, what you're founded in. And so four things about the root system. Number one, it, it anchors the plant body. So whenever you see a plant, understand that it's standing because there is something underneath. It anchors the the root. Uh, Number two, it absorbs the nutrients underneath. There's always nutrients. Nutrients. Number three, it absorbs the water. And so the Bible just says here, they're like trees planted by the river bank. It's rooted by the water. Water in the Bible represents the spirit of God. At some points in the Bible, depending on where you're reading, it also represents the word of God. So it's rooted. And number four, the roots have everything to do with vegetative reproduction, which is fruit. So the outward, the outward result of what's going on on the inside. Now, that's the fun one right there. With that, we're going to talk about here in 2018, you're going to have to focus in on seasons. I really want to teach on this. I'm kind of over time, but I don't care because this is good. Going to have to focus on seasons in 2018. Seasons. Go back to my verse there, EJ. It said that bearing fruit each season. You see that? Bearing fruit each season. Now, the psalmist is in Israel. Israel only has two seasons throughout the year. They have summer. During the summer, it's very hot and dry. But it's a good thing because the summers in Israel are the harvest seasons. So it's when the produce is there. The harvest seasons in the Bible represent when everything in life is going well. The money's good. Your relationships are good. This is a good season that you're in. And then Israel has summer and it also has winter. The winter season is very wet, rainy and cold. The winter, whenever you see it in the Bible, represents the barren seasons. Jesus talks about, God forbid if the end times come and you are pregnant in the winter, bearing child in the winter. He was referring to how you physically, you're already messed up, and everything around you in your life is a struggle. It's tough. You can't get your mind right. There's no peace. There's no joy. There's no effectiveness. There's no fruit because it's a barren season. And some of us in here today, we are in a barren season. But the great thing I love about the children of God and the word of God is we have instruction that when we're rooted. We can still be fruitful, even in a barren season. I want to show this to you from the scripture. Galatians 5, says this. It says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. I want you to pay attention to three in particular. Love, not that one, but here it is. Well, four. Joy, peace, patience. Skip on down to self-control. Even in a barren season where everything around you is a struggle, where every relationship seems to be tense, where your money is looking funny, you just lost a loved one. The Bible says that when you're rooted in the Spirit, when you have the Spirit of God in your heart, whenever anyone gives their lives to Jesus, I want to let you know if you don't know this already, you have the Holy Spirit. And so even when your life is in shambles, you can still be fruitful. This is an intangible fruit. You can experience peace. Joy, you can practice patience and self-control even in the winter. Now, that's inside. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says this, and we're almost done. For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under the sun. Now, I want to help you practically. Season and time. The word season here is defined as time span. God, let me tell you, let me tell you how God sets up things in, in our lives and in the world. Read Genesis. He set up four seasons. The only reason why, why David, said, you know, referring to two seasons is because that's where Israel is with on the globe. But God does things in your life. The ten people that are listening to me, please press into this right now because you're frustrated with a lot of things. And it's because you're out of season. And so listen to me right now. God does things in season. There's a start time and an end time to what he's going to do in your life. The word in this Ecclesiastes 3.1, time, is defined as moment. And it says here, for everything there is a time span. And a moment for every activity under the sun. I need you to catch this right now. Seasons lead to a moment of predetermined blessing for your life. And there are certain areas in your life where you want to reap certain things, but there are two issues. Number one, you haven't become the person to reap that. And number two, you're not in the season to reap that. Oh, boy. God is still doing work on you, and you're out of season. And so in 2018, in order to get you out of the frustration of what you don't have, or what you can't bring to pass, or what you can't do, I really need you to focus your heart in on the fact and ask God, am I in that particular season? Personally, for me, I've deemed, for me, the year of 2018, uh, um, I've deemed my personal year, because we did our offering thing um, two, a couple weeks ago, and a lot of you were asking God to do something for you. That's great. Please do. I've done it for six or seven years as I've done offerings like that. This year, I asked the Spirit of God to give me something. Give me an action word. Don't do, do things for me, but I don't want that to be the, 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 the premise by which I give my offering by faith. I said, God, give me an action word. And the spirit of the Lord dropped in my heart, sow. 2018 is the season and the year of sowing for me. More work, more mentorship, more leadership, more generosity, more giving, up later, up earlier, giving more, pouring my life out, as Jesus did. I got to volunteer more. There are people hurting. They need me to be present. I need to love my wife more. I need to be first up in the morning, fixing the breakfast, fixing coffee, lotioning her legs. I need to be up with the kids. 2018 for me is a year of action. You know why? Oh, I need you to catch this and maybe this would be your word for 2018. I don't care about the time. Because the more you sow, The less you worry about the harvest, I'm gonna go to D.C. I'm, I'm gonna go to D.C. The more you give, the Bible says, "Give sparingly, reap sparingly; give abundantly, reap abundant abundantly." And you have to also understand. We'll do a series on on seasons one day, but your life, you can play it. Good job. Um, Your life is simultaneously, you're always sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. And in 2018, you have to ask yourself, what am I doing in the spring that's going to produce the harvest that I want to see in the summer? Stop looking for God to always give you something every day and recognize the season you're in. And that what you do today is going to reap a harvest tomorrow. It's a time span. It's a time span. And your father wants you to be fruitful. Let's bow our heads, everybody. Mm. Father, we love you and we give you praise and honor. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for calling us to stick to it. Lord, in 2018, we're going to stick to healthy relationships. We're going to focus on your promises, your instructions, the word of God. And God, we're going to pray for greater discernment about our seasons. Because God, you want us to prosper. You want us to bear fruit in the right season. You have predetermined blessing, opportunities, relationships, connections, resource, predetermined. It's already there. Help us, Lord, be in season in 2018. Give us the discernment to see the drainers, the discernment for the neutralizers. And those that we need to connect with that are going to push us forward into our destiny. Those that won't allow us to stay the same as when they met us. Lord, we need kingdom relationships. Men need men. Women need women. Who are going to push us forward into everything God had for us. And with every head bowed, if you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, maybe this is your morning. New Year, New You. So I'm going to pray a prayer, and if this be your prayer, you raise your hand after this prayer. You pray this prayer in your heart, and you raise your hand afterwards. We're going to celebrate with you. Lord Jesus, I love you. You are the Son of God. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for the forgiveness of sin. Holy Spirit, make your home in my heart. Set me free. Deliver me. Lord, I receive purpose. I receive power. And I receive the destiny that you have for my life. In Jesus' name, amen.